This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum. A UTV Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now, it's time to collect those credits. As you will. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. We made it! We did! Hello everyone, welcome to Bounty Hunt! The final episode of this season! A UTV Network podcast where we hunt down all the extra content in the Star Wars universe. I am your host, Eric Eilerson, and joining me for the final time for this show is the full crew, the full cast of characters on the Super Bowl Sunday, starting off with the beautifully face-lit Dr. Corey Helton. Reporting for duty, sir. Excellent. Uh, I don't know why that's where I went, but that's all right. Oh, no, you're ready for Cheers. Bad Batch, I guess. Hello, guys. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the finale episode. This is going to be exciting to talk about. I can't believe we... How many shows have we done now that are talking about This is number 50. This is the fifth. Well, oh, oh, yeah, I guess... Four finales, because this is our 50th episode of Bounty Hunt. Wow, that's crazy. 50. I know. What's even crazier than that is that Dr. Charles Hankles is still here. I'm still here. Um, If you're someone who watches this show, welcome to my face on a Sunday morning. You've never seen it before (laughs) for this entire season. Uh, That was strategic, and I apologize. Well, good. You got this glorious ring light. You got your coffee. You are finally maybe a tenth the glorious Adonis man that Wes Jenkins is. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yes, it is Super Bowl Sunday. I don't have a dog in the fight, um, but who cares? Everybody's going to watch football. Um, but uh, second rewatch of Bounty Hunt was done this morning, and I caught a couple things <gasps> that I can't wait to talk about. So, hmm. Eric? I am excited. I'm excited to hear about it. Um <laughs> Before we get into a recap, just a quick who day. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, For those of you that know, you know. If this is your first episode of Bounty Hunt, what a choice. Uh, We we are basically going to tell you everything that happened in the last episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Season 1, Episode 7, In the Name of Honor. The finale, as we said. Full spoilers on this show. After our recap, we're just going to talk about it. This episode, obviously, we'll talk about the season as a whole. Uh, We'll talk about this episode, specifically things we liked. Things we didn't, and then we'll look at back at the season of the Book of Boba Fett. What worked? What can we learn going forward? Uh, what are we excited for coming down the pipeline? That whole thing. But because we had a lot to talk about, we will say one more time, full spoilers for all of the, the first season of the Book of Boba Fett. You go forward at your own peril. All right. We begin the finale of season one with Boba, Fennec, Din, and the mods examining the wreckage of the sanctuary that got blowed up. Unfortunately, there is no Garza, so it looks like she is, in fact, deceased. Din then comes in and says Cobb Vanth is planning to bring a garrison from Freetown if Boba eliminates the spice trade, and Boba agrees to do so. Cobb, uh, Cad Bane, come on, outline, Cad Bane then checks in with the Pike Leader, who admits the murder of the Tuscans earlier in the series. They framed the Nikto Speed Bikers. Bane assumes Boba will find this out and seek vengeance later on. Back in Mos Eisley, we see Pelimato is visited by an X-Wing who is not the Space Cops, but in fact, R2-D2 bringing Grogu back wearing Beskar chainmail. He has indeed made his choice. Back in the Sanctuary, Boba has settled in while assigning his lieutenants to keep an eye on the surrounding territories, make sure they don't get sneaked up on, snuck up on. However, he is then met in the street by Cad Bane, who offers the Pike's terms for his surrender. Boba refuses staunchly after Cad Bane gets in a few shots at his old foe. 
As the negotiation breaks down, the Tatooine families all betray Boba and begin attacking Kersantan, the Gamorreans, and the mods surrounding Mos Espa. Fights break out all over the city, and Fennec realizes what's happening and heads to Mos Eisley to confront the Pike's leader. Other Pikes appear outside the sanctuary, and the Major Domo offers to negotiate with them for Boba. Boba obliges just long enough to spring a trap with him and Din rocketing out of the sanctuary on jetpacks to begin a Mandalorian assault on the Pikes. They are soon joined by the Freetown Garrison, without Cobb Vanth, unfortunately, and a nearly indestructible Black Chrysanthemum, until a couple of massive droids descend upon them with ray shields. They try everything possible to defeat these droids to no avail. Eventually, Pelimoto arrives with Grogu in tow, and Din is reunited with his little son. The mods and the Freetonians keep trying to fight the giant droids, but nothing works until Boba leaves for a moment and returns with his own son, the Rancor that he is riding! The battle then continues with Rancor, with the Rancor riding Boba Fett eventually taking down the droids and killing a, a really ridiculous amount of soldiers until Cad Bane arrives and frightens the beast away with his flamethrower. Cad Bane and Boba Fett show down in the street, and though Cad Bane proves he is a faster draw, Boba uses his gaffy stick to take down Cad Bane and stab him in the chest, killing him once and for all after all their years of rivalry. Meanwhile, Boba's rancor rains destruction down on the city until Grogu is able to calm him down with the Force and takes a nice little nap. The battle has been won. It's over. Back in Mos Eisley, Fennec arrives at the Pike stronghold and brutally assassinates the entire leadership like an Assassin's Creed mission before joining back up with Boba, Chrysanthemum, and the mods who enjoy their newfound peace and power in the city. Din and Grogu then take off in Din's hot rod and one starfighter, and the little guy pounds on the glass just enough to annoy Din into hitting his boosters one last time, and they are off to their next adventure. The credits roll in the finale, but of course, we gotta get a mid-credits scene. And we see Boba's back to tank. It is in use, being used by none other than Cobb Vanth, as the modder gets his uh, tools ready to work on his newest client. It is confirmed the Marshal of Freetown will return. And that's the book of Boba Fett. So, fellas, let's go around just this episode for now, not the season. Mm-hmm. As we do with all of them, a 1 to 10 ranking. Charles, start us off. I enjoyed this episode, definitely. It was it was great to get some payoff on some of the things that we've been wanting to see. The Rancor was was one of the biggest highlights for me. Cad Bane, actually getting to see him in, in action was another thing, even though you know, RIP, he's gone. Um, overall, though, I still think this episode was kind of a downswing from some of the previous episodes, which is fine. Uh, I think I'd give this overall an 8.0. Nice. Very nice way to end. Corey, how about you? Yeah, I will uh, I will echo some of that stuff. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I, I found... You know, I think it's Robert Rodriguez. I think that's the thing I can say. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. a big fan of the episodes that he produced this this season, uh, just in general. Um, but they were a little weaker, and I'm kind of sad that he did the finale because, you know, you, you sort of – I think, Eric, you said – I can't remember if it was on Living Force or if it was on this show a while back. You said something along the lines of, like, whatever the last thing is you see is what sticks with you, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I do kind of feel kind of sad. Not sad. That's not the right word. I have – Mixed feelings about the season as a whole because this is the finale. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think I would give this a little bit lower of a score. I would give it like a six and a half. Oof. Mm. Oof. All right. Oh, the pain in your face as you said it. Yeah, All right. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm excited. Uh, Wes. 
Um, I originally um, was kind of on the lower end uh, when I, f- I had first watched it. Um, I rewatched it this morning and I, I liked it a little more um, because I was paying it. I was paying more attention to like some of the the overhead shots to to see exactly how big most Isley and most Espa is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some questions regarding why the pikes were even there. Um, but um, having like seen the uh, the battle that I was trying to take my head away of. This is the last episode. I just want to be in this episode. Sure. Um, and I enjoyed, I really enjoyed those scorpion droids. Is that what we're going to call them? Is that what they're called? Oh, there's a name, but that sounds great. I don't, um, I don't, I don't care what their actual name is. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, fantastic, fantastic addition. Um, I love that part. Uh, so, um, I really liked the, um, I really liked the final battle scene, but, um, I, I wish it would have lasted a little longer. So, um, I'm going to give this episode an 8.4. Very solid. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a mixture of all y'all. I think that overall, uh, similar to you, Corey, I, I'm not the biggest Robert Rodriguez fan that I've learned this season, which is fine. He is very good for a certain aesthetic and the aesthetic just doesn't quite speak to me as much. Uh, Blind Fate says in the chat here, some things that I was looking at, there's like some weird, uh, like there's some spins and flips that people talked about on Twitter and things. Not my bag. I know it's a stylistic choice. There are people taking cover behind weird tables. Some of the action just didn't quite hit with me. And since most of this episode was an action scene, uh, not quite my favorite, which is interesting. And I want to talk a lot about kind of directors as we go forward. Overall, the the concept for the episode, I, I liked quite a bit. I was cool with everyone coming together for one final battle for the town. Um, I thought, like you said, Charles, there were a lot of good payoffs for it, for things that we had as far as like, I loved Fennec being able to finally be the assassin of the group. I like Chrysanthemum really acting as the muscle. Like, it was like a D&D party really coming together as for a final fight. All made sense. I think Boba learning to kind of care for a territory of people after being on his own is a really nice arc. I thought they did the right stop with that. The Cad Bane thing was a really nice end to his arc all the way back in Clone Wars. But just, I found that my issues with the series are mostly technical things and directorial execution. So I will give this one a a 7.7. I think it's a good, good end. The series is good, but I think there's a lot to learn going forward. So let's, Mm. let's jump into that. First of all, the last two episodes we've rated basically a 10 out of 10 um, with things here and there because they were, they were Mandalorian episodes, obviously. They were not really Boba Fett episodes. We talked about that in the last two episodes. If you missed those, go ahead, check out those conversations. We didn't really have an issue with it uh, because... Basically, all these are shows that could just be called Star Wars. Like, it is what it is. But how did you guys like going back to a more Boba-centric plot in this finale? Obviously, it's the finale of his show. We knew it was coming. But did that particular part of it take you out of it? Or did you feel like you were kind of coming back home in a way? I I, I think my... So, I have mixed feelings about... I can't really answer this without talking about the season. and At least kind Do of it. as a whole a little bit. Because, like... You know, I think um, I think I've been like trying really, really hard to have a really positive spin on the fact that this show had lots of other stuff that had nothing to do with the title of the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and we had this Luke and Grogu stuff, which is kind of oddly placed. And then, like, uh, I feel like what I was afraid was going to happen going into the final episode did happen, which was like. We spent all this time doing spinoff stuff at the end of the season, and then they tried to tie it all up together in one episode, and that was mm-hmm. really hard for me to get my head around. Like, 
Grogu just showed up like in an X-Wing flown by R2-D2 right in the middle of a battle. Like that was so out of place for me. Uh, and like, so, you know, I, I felt, you know, I felt like it was, it was too difficult to tie up all the loose ends that they need to tie up. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed getting to see all the Boba Fett stuff at the very end. Um, but I think I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a little disappointed with kind of how it all came together uh, at the very, very end. Yeah, Angelia has a great point in the chat that there were some moments where it felt like we were in a hurry, but then there were times when people were just walking around. Yeah, and I'm like, that's yeah, a, and I think that is bizarre. Which I think is something we we've, we've talked about pacing on almost every show in Bounty Hunt for mm-hmm. for one reason or another, and I think some directors like Deborah Chow is incredibly good at that, and I think for our aesthetic, it seems like Robert Rodriguez just has a different idea of of the pacing that he wants in his episodes, and like you said, Corey. We just the Bryce Dallas Howards of it all, the those direct the Dave Filoni's of it all just kind of seem to be in, more in line with what I think Star Wars has set up. And Robert Rodriguez yeah. just takes a different spin and it's just a little mm-hmm. harder to key into. That's a great point. Yeah, I think what's strange is that Boba Fett was one of the characters I cared the least about by the end of this show. Sure. Not because. I, I don't like Boba Fett like I do. I I was interested in the story they told about him, but like I was more excited for the, I don't know, five total minutes of screen time we had of Cad Bane. Um, I found myself really enjoying Chrysanthemum like, and, yeah. and seeing his yeah. little side story. <laughs> How many story blaster was, bolts will he take? <laughs> really, though, that, that man is, he is on something to just still be roaming around, but like it, it was just, it was odd to feel that way. Um, it, and the way that I've tried to have my own kind of positive mindset about it, Corey, because you mentioned this, like, yeah, the title of the show is The Book of Boba Fett. And I know we talked about it before. I think it was last week I, I said on the show, you know, good TV is good TV. I'm trying to look at it like the people running the Mandoverse, if you will, felt it was important enough to put some of those things in this show. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe part of it was strategic to pull people into this show that maybe weren't watching it, but I'm trying to think like, well, then they're saving time in Mando season three where they're not telling that story. So there's, right. there must be stuff yeah. that's even more important. That's even more impactful, or at least that's my hope. I hope mm-hmm. we then don't spend half the season, you know, telling one-off stories that, that aren't that impactful. Uh, but that's kind of what I'm telling myself to feel better about all of that. Yeah. I think it's I think it's obvious at this point that we've I don't know if we've actually said this on the show we've definitely said it like to each other though that the show absolutely should have been called The Mandalorian The Book of Boba Fett like that would have yeah. really made 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 it a lot easier I think for folks to you know like I I have mixed feelings about that criticism that's all over the internet. People are like, this show is not even about Boba Fett and it's called the Book of Boba Fett. And I think that's a little stupid, like in my opinion, like to get to get yep. that to be that heated about it. Like, but I, I do think it's a valid criticism and yeah. would have been really easy to change if that was always their intention. I mean, how could it not have been their intention to make this an extension of The Mandalorian? Like right. it's got the chapter thing. Like it's very yeah. similar. Like it's very similar mm. to you know, Mandalorian, but they didn't do that. And for whatever reason, and I think it hurt them as simple as titling the show, what they did. I think it kind of hurt them. Yeah. That, I guess that would have thrown off the, what episode was it? Five. Yeah. Right. When it was just the Mandalorian, just the Mandalorian came in. So that would have killed, that would have killed that anticipation of the episode, I guess. Cause people are like, but I mean, just for one episode or the story as a whole would have been great. Probably would have been better if, if it was called, the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, just to give you some kind of idea that this is 
going on within Mandoverse. The, yeah. Yeah, the Mandoverse, if you will. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good way to put yeah. it. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because you, may, you guys make it a good point that for some reason, this show has inspired more heated debate than anything in a long time from from either yeah. side. It's either in, a, in, an, in Rob- an unhealthy way. Let's yeah, be honest. yeah. Like yeah. if you don't like Robert Riguez's spinning action, you're an idiot and hate all stuff. Or it's like mm-hmm. if you like the Book of Boba Fett, you're a moron. And I'm like, everyone needs stop. All of yeah. that is either side yeah, we, is like we haven't insane. seen this. We haven't seen this level of divisiveness since the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, yeah. in my opinion. And I don't like that at all. I think that's bad no. for. I think it's bad for the fan community. I think it kind of could have been easily pre- prevented, to be honest. Like I, I don't yeah. really understand why they went the way that they did. Um, yeah, you know, it's I mean, odd, odd choices, odd choices all around. I think the whole show. I think we get. I think it'll be a good way yes. to put it. Odd, <laughs> yeah. odd choices, and I think yeah. that. When we, I mean, when we talk, when we hit the nail on the head the other week, but like, good TV is just good TV. Like, you gotta do a little more work on this one to manage expectations of what's coming your way. And I think that yeah, yeah. with, like, I, I mean, obviously, we're gonna talk about the future shows at the end of this episode, but I think that may already be in the works to be adjusted. But let, let's talk specifically about the action. Wes, you talked a lot about um, your, your, the way you liked the battle scenes in this, which they were a little longer, and Robert Rodriguez, obviously came onto the Star Wars scene with the Boba Fett fights in Mandalorian season two that were so intense. Mm-hmm. And then in the pilot, we talked way back, way back when seven weeks ago in the pilot about how we thought they were kind of slow. And then the Mandalorian episodes were amazing. Like action has been all over the place. Yeah. So what did you guys think <laughs> as a whole of a episode that was basically one giant action scene? What parts really hit for you? Well, what parts maybe still left you kind of head scratching a little bit? what did you think about the combat? Uh, for the final battle of Mos Espa. If you take away some of the the odd scenes of yes, like bending behind tables where they can just shoot under it and, and kill you, um, I was I was trying to grasp like the battle as a whole, and I really enjoyed it. Um, one thing that I that I was always scratching my head about was there's got to be more people than this, right? There's got to be more pikes, or there's got to be more people working for the pikes that can take over this entire city. It felt like it was 14 people against 16 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Team deathmatch. Yeah. <laughs> in a battle, in a, in a battle, there's gotta be, there's got, there's usually more people than that just so they can sway the odds. Yeah. Um, and then you have like these four or five major characters that cannot be stopped characters. by the common man, you know? Mm-hmm. So like your Cad Bane and your Chrysanthemum and Phoenix Shan. So, they that kind of swayed the tide in in Boba's favor, um, but they were being held off by these giant scorpenic droids. Thank you very much. Scorpenic. <laughs> they were in the chat. Yeah, unused, unused. Yeah, droids thank you very much, Jacob. Is that right? They were uh, uh, droids made up for episode two, so bringing episode two very Boba Fett uh, intensive. So that was kind of a cool. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, very very cool spin on uh, the droidicas. So I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'll say that I really, re- like it was either it was either a love or hate for me with the, with all the action. Like, same. You know, all the Rancor stuff was fantastic. Loved all the Rancor stuff. That was like mm-hmm. uh, by far the best part of it. And honestly, once the Rancor comes into the scene, everything kind of to the end, I think is very very good. Like, sure. I think it's all very good. Um, the droids were really really cool. Um, you know, I, I think I think there is I think you would be crazy if you didn't look at the look at the combat and be like, does nobody have any tactical experience whatsoever? Because it's like, <laughs> I mean, 
That, like yes. I, I, I have, I have personally never been in a combat situation. Shocker, right? I can tell you that I wouldn't just run in a straight line from these things. Like it's okay, <laughs> like, it's okay to do that. It's or okay to do this. Cover, like yeah, thousands but they, of no. shots at the shields as well. Like this isn't working. Right, this isn't so, working. This is like it was thirty minutes of people just shooting at shields, and I'm like, bro, like nothing happening. I know. And then no. like, and even even it's even just beyond that. Like the uh, the the scorpion droids or whatever, like we're missing a lot yeah. like yeah but they're droids and they're huge in an alley. looking things <laughs> in an alley and like it was just it was pretty goofy to me just like oh, the entire tactical combat thing they look badass though they like, look yeah it's an cool. amazing i want to fight these things yeah. in a video game let's be clear like a quick, For sure. a quick you like yeah you, sure. you gotta do a what is it a quick time sequence to like jump over it and stab a lightsaber into it like like din was doing that was cool by the end but did anyone else yeah. think did anyone else hear anakin saying Hit the nose whenever they saw them. They were, like, <laughs> I the do middle. now. I definitely agree with what you're saying, Corey. That and Andrew Bell and our team brought that up uh, in Slack, and and so I kind of credit him with saying that first. But um, it, it's the the tactical stuff was tough. But on the flip side of that, some of the moments were so dang good. Like when they when they sent out the Twi'lek. To go deliver his his uh, you know demands or whatever or like dr- deliver his surrender. I wish they shot him in the head. I'm. So I know you hate that guy, but oh, but it. I say that I say oh, that God, to say that when Mando and Boba Fett came out on the jetpacks right then, and we had like the knee rocket and all stuff like that was sick. Yep. The, the flip rank, over yeah. each other, like the two of them with the camera going yes. around. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that like that spinning rad. Avengers kind of shot was really cool. Yeah, that was sick. Um, and the rancor stuff that you mentioned, Corey, I'm, I kid you not, I laughed so hard when he, (laughs) like, smacked through the pillar that the guy was hiding behind, like, he he hid behind it, and he just went through (laughs) it and smashed him in the wall, and I, the whole time the rancor is on its torment, like, the, the first time that I was watching this episode, I'm just, I'm yelling at my TV, eat somebody, yeah. Hey, eat somebody. And yeah. then he finally ate the guy, and I was like, yeah. It took so long. We got we got a Wilhelm scream out of the second the guy yeah. right before that got eaten. When he yeah. tosses got him smacked back. a country yeah, mile. Yeah. 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 Those scenes were so cool, and Blind Fates, you just hit something in the chat that I, I completely agree that, that we had all that happen, and then we had the Major Domo and Pelimoto together, which are two of the most, as people who listen to Bonnie Hunt know, two of my most iffy characters. They were hiding behind a table with no cover, cracking jokes during a massacre, essentially. And it, it is the same kind of deal as with the speeder chase back at yeah. Rodriguez's this last episode, mm-hmm. where the over-reliance on, like, the silliness of stuff kind of takes away from the stakes of the whole moment. Like, we have this moment, of, and I'm not saying you need to be brutal in order to be Star Wars. It's just the total inconsistencies with, like, the acting in those moments doesn't quite work like there's there's a moment um there's a way i talk about acting sometimes when i'm watching something of like people aren't in the same show or aren't in the same movie then it felt like pelly and the major drama were in a different show than the mods who were in a different show than boba fett and din who were in a different show than cad bane and it's like yeah you kind of need to have everyone in the same universe in order to make the stakes work so when you did have those moments where everyone kind of lined up it's really cool but it does seem like it's robert rodriguez's directing style to again this is all ideas all hypotheticals but it seems like he maybe gives a little more over to the actors like individual like what do you want to improv what do you want to do instead of kind of having 
notes for how to act as a yeah. whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like we'll interesting. It's like you know? Boba and Fennec are in Star Wars, I would say. They fit there. Yep. Uh Pelly Din absolutely is in Star and Wars. And Pelly and the Major Domo, whatever his name is, they're straight up Looney Tunes. Like Pelly actually yeah, runs yeah. the exact same way as Elmer Fudd. And she was actually hunting rats in an episode. Like, that was straight up Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Check the right. chat right now. We, we had two people at the same time saying it felt like an SNL skit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. And then, and, and then I feel and, like the, the mods the are mods. in a CW show. They are. Yeah, the oh, my God. are absolutely in a CW show. That is absolutely what this is. I like, don't think um, she's British. It sounds like a fake British accent to seem different. It might be. Uh, she might be. But it does. CW is exactly yeah. the vibe. Yeah, I know this. Everybody on the internet is making fun of the spin move that that dude did, and I okay, get I'm it. just making sure. <laughs> I no, get I'm it. Sorry, I, I don't go on. Yeah. I don't go on and see the discourse that that happens. But yeah. I saw that, and I was I saw it the first time, and I was like, that that wasn't needed. No, like, I mean, maybe I, maybe I, like, I missed you, it. So you, I watched you, it the you second remember, time. I was like. Wasn't needed. No, wasn't needed. It was totally out of place. And like, his I think direction my favorite thing... is also going into the bullet fire. I'm like, if you're doing a, if you wanted to spin out of Chrysanthemum's arm to get a shot, that works. If you want to spin no, away to get like, to cover, that works. He it lets was just go in, and then spins. And then spins and then in the middle of like, nowhere. What? Like, I will say that my favorite thing ever that I saw is is the. It's like the you remember the starlight or whatever the do 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 do. You ever seen those yeah. where people are spinning yes. and they like flying through yeah. space and shit? I saw that with the with that character and I was like, this is that's hilarious. hilarious. It was so. Here you funny. go. Here's I, I really I really want to show right, what y'all are talking it. about. Okay, so yeah. So we're watching this, this scene here. They're with so the mods were with Chrysanthemum, which I'm like, great, fine pairing. And then oh, here comes Din. Yeah, I gotta roll. I gotta roll it back. You gotta, gotta roll. roll oh, did it already happen? It already happened. Oh, yeah, when Chris Hand is trying to get through the shield, which was great. <clears throat> I this love- was a great part, how they show you you can't actually just walk into it yeah, really that easy. That was yeah, good. Yeah. That. <clears throat> and then they're trying to get him away before the right, pikes show up. Here they come. Here they come. Get Let's off go throw him off. Do a stupid spin. <laughs> Why, I Why just- did he do that, man? Well, it, it, here's the thing. There are certain, like, well, the biggest discourse on this I saw was the director of Mortal Kombat tweeted how stupid it was and everyone started dunking on it like you made Mortal Kombat and here's the what thing. that's such a strange pull right that movie is ridiculous and that's like the style of Mortal Kombat I don't like it but it is that B movie kind of like over ridiculous yeah. stylization and I think uh-huh. this the the visual language of this show had set it up to be something a little more legitimate and I think a little more yeah, tactile and I think you set up a realistic expectation and then you come with this which makes me actually, actually I want to ask you guys about I do, I, do have, I, do have, I do have one more comment about the mods that I Joe, saw I saw on, on Reddit this morning. I, too, have avoided the discourse as much as I could, Wes, it's but I fun. do still – I know, it's not fun, and I, but I do still casually browse Reddit, and I occasionally visit some of the Star Wars ones, but particularly when Ooh. it's live shows and stuff, I stay out Scum of them it's pretty negative. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really dangerous, um, but I saw, a, I saw a really cool image that somebody like took one of the shots that had like all the mods in it, and they cropped them out and Photoshopped them out and put like a – like a Coruscant street as a backdrop of the shot. And they were like, oh, I think this works. I think this works really well. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I like this a lot. It looked really, really cool. So like, you know, I want to be clear that we think that the mods in general are really, really cool. Concept, I love the concept. Like, I absolutely you know, love it's, the concept. It, mm-hmm. it, feels, it feels weird on Tatooine. And, and I get some of the the justification that people have said of like, that's, that's why it works is because they're on Tatooine. I mean, there are these poor kids on this desert planet that want to be this, you know, they want to be that Coruscant high life kind of person. Mm-hmm. That's who they're like 
pretending and striving to be. I get that. That's a cool idea, but that doesn't mean it visually worked on the show. Yeah. And, mm. you know, and it stood out to me. And, uh, you know, but Coruscant, put those characters in Coruscant, man, I'd be all about that. <sighs> well, and I think that's the cool thing about this. Like, this season, we've we've seen this in Mando Season 1 and Mando Season 2, <clears throat> but I think this season specifically really showed how how much a single director's vision can sway yeah. an episode. Like, even if they weren't <laughs> the Mando... Like, we love the Mando episodes, obviously. Bryce Dallas Howard and Filoni did great. But that second episode might still be the best episode of the season. Like, Corey, uh-huh. you said it was one of your favorite episodes of Star Wars television of all time. It is. It's still. At the end of the season, I will still confidently say that's my favorite single episode of live-action TV that I've ever seen. The train scenes we're talking about. Yeah. Which is, like... And it's interesting. <laughs> and, that, and that director was Steph Green, who hasn't done any other Star mm-hmm. Wars so far. And I think that going forward, it's going to be really interesting to see which directors are given which projects and how often you switch directors because, as we know, the next show we, th- we think, at least we're getting, is Obi-Wan, which is all Deborah Chow, every episode, yeah. the entire way. And do you guys think that, one, if Robert Rodriguez has done the entire season, do you think it, it would have been a little more solid or do you think it would have been just more of the stuff we don't care for or Oof, know, do you think <laughs> like do you think that that shows like this that have all of these characters and all these things is it realistic to have one director go all the way through or do you think that more directors yeah. just need to have like arcs or something like that that's a really good question you know i think i think this is we're almost kind of branching into the sort of meta speculation area a little bit because we don't know how this stuff is made yeah. behind the scenes right that's and, true you know but i will say i will say you know after watching the documentary stuff for like the first season of mandalorian where dave filoni and and favreau talked about like choosing different directors and how they all work together and it was all very collaborative and like like it seemed like maybe they got a little too confident in that working really really well without giving enough direction like to the directors, right? As a as, yeah. a, as a whole, right? Because like I think it worked really, really well in the first season of Mandalorian, but like it still, there were a couple odd episodes in the first season of Mandalorian that felt a little more out of place than other other episodes. Yep, but sure. the second season, I think, felt more cohesive. So it's almost like they figured out how to make that multi-director thing work. Uh, and like maybe gave a little more direction and then maybe it almost feels like they got too cocky with it, right? They're like, oh yeah, yeah, you go episode, you go to this episode, you go to this episode. This is how we, we, we need to get from point A to point B in the whole season. Yeah. Like it doesn't really feel like they gave folks like enough direction between episodes almost. I mean, think about how many loose ends we had to tie up in this last single episode. We'll see. Yeah. That I think it goes towards. I don't think it was necessarily a director problem or a number of different director problems. I actually do think it's a bit of a story problem because we've seen this done very well. Like you just said with Mandalorian, look at the High Republic initiative. I mean, they brought on a huge team of people and the story is airtight so far. And so everyone, it seems like they're hitting home runs, even though stylistically they all do things a little bit differently. Really, it should be in my mind at least, a similar situation to live action TV. If you have a team of directors, yeah. there's a solid story, we know exactly what we're telling, how we need to tell it, then I think this stuff would be less kind of glaringly obvious. Yeah. But there, yeah. I mean... Which is Favreau. At the, I mean, Favreau's the writer on everything. Which so. is Favreau, yeah. Because at the end of the season, I mean, there were plot points that were totally dropped that we spent yeah. a significant amount of time on. There were things that were tied up that for me did not feel like they were yeah. either given the time they deserved or or they were rushed or maybe it didn't yeah. really feel all that conclusive. And, and I realize I'm sounding pretty down on this episode. I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed the season as a whole. But 
sure. There are some pretty obvious things, I think. I mean, we spent how many, how long did we spend with the Tuscans? And then it was just like, mm-hmm. it was yeah. over. The Cad Bane I, thing really interested me too. I just want to bring that up really quickly. Like, yeah. why was he so loyal to the Pikes that he was like willing to die for them, that seemed odd to me. But then he immediately stabbed them in the back and told Boba that they killed the Tuscans. And it was like, okay, who, like, what's your angle? I don't really. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that was kind of mm. like I feel that way specifically about Cad Bane and like Cobb Vanth and like we got these really cool like secondary characters that we dropped in like right at the very end of like, you know, I I feel like as cool and badass as a character as uh, Cad Bane is, I, I feel like maybe he didn't really quite get the screen time he deserved, right? Like, he, he showed up, he had his really cool entrance, and then, I mean, he got killed pretty badly. Like, I mean, he got beat pretty bad, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like, we've seen him in, uh, we've seen him in Clone Wars and stuff, and good God, he's been, he's faced off with Jedi and all kinds of crazy shit, right? And mm-hmm. and his comment, like, his comment to Boba Fett did not, feel earned to me at all like it almost like it was supposed to be a through line through the show he's like i knew you were a killer and then he stabbed him like like, it felt like that a line at the end of something where like oh we've been exploring is boba fett like just a murderer or is he trying to change but i didn't feel like that was explored so there was like no payoff to that comment it was just odd it was yeah and i think that's an interesting thing too because you know with star wars television you're in a really interesting spot because you want to have, like, to bring it in as someone like Cad Bane is obviously a, re- a reward for someone like Clone Wars. And you have this giant uh, roster of characters from animation and from books and from movies. And if they don't bring them in, it's like, well, why are you bringing in this random other person? Why don't bring, why don't you bring in Cad Bane? Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then when you do bring them in, you have to make sure it's, like, a, a big deal. So you have you can't be like, well, of course they know each other. Didn't they watch Clone Wars? But also you have to assume people haven't watched Clone Wars. And it's like this weird balancing act that I think they're going to find in the next, honestly, five years of live action projects. Like when Ahsoka came in, you had to assume most people hadn't watched Clone Wars that are watching Mandalorian. So you had to find a way to bring her in that didn't treat Clone Wars viewers as idiots, but also didn't make Mandalorian f- people feel like they were behind. Yeah. So same mm-hmm. thing with Cad Bane. And I think that that balance sometimes works and sometimes we get this kind of thing where it feels like there's a missing piece that they're trying to explain but also not trying to dumb down. And I think Cad Bane dying in live action, honestly, as much as we all love animation, obviously, is is at this point a bigger deal than him dying in animation because you make the character and it's like dying in a movie rather than dying in a book. Which yeah. is so, still going to be a thing. I agree. I did have to explain that to a friend of mine. He said that that character, Cad Bane, is amazing. Where is he from? Mm-hmm. So I had to say, you know, he, he was in Clone Wars and he showed up in Rebels. And then, yep. um, but um, he's almost in every aspect. He's He was, I think he was captured once and put in prison, right? Maybe. Yep. Yes. I don't know. But he was he, like, he's, he gets out of every situation because yeah. he has unbeatable. all the gadgets, right? I mean, he's the, yeah. he's like so, Palpatine of the bounty hunters, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was amazing. And you're like, and then when the, like in this episode, when he steps up against the, the Rancor, you're like, oh, there's no way you can stop a Rancor. Yeah, and then he's just he like, does. no, fire. He's not even phased. <laughs> I have fire. Yes, I loved it. <laughs> That's yeah, a awesome. sick shot. A, that is so cool. It was great. Yeah. But then, yeah, Boba and then Boba, the but Rancor. then Boba feed him, but Boba defeated him what I would call fairly easily, which was a little disappointing for me, I think. Yeah. I mean, well, especially because yeah. they didn't, 
they did, it's not like they showed Cad Bane because we know he's an older guy by this point in the timeline. It's not like they showed him like a Logan, you know, type of Wolverine uh, depiction of him. They showed he was very capable. He was beating right. Boba Fett handily, and then it just mm-hmm. kind of it just got flipped very suddenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. We're, and, and as we go forward with these shows, like Rangers of the New Republic, which is still on the docket, Obi Wan, Ahsoka, like all these things are are gonna be all these Mando verse projects essentially which is i mean they've they've said that their whole goal is to eventually bring them in like a defenders avengers-esque collaboration show mm-hmm. i think it's going to be interesting to see how they balance it which makes me want to ask of uh, like some now now big big picture questions if you're if you're a fan of our roundtables these are the overarching questions um fellas unfortunately when the episodes took a dip we saw interviews with Timur Morrison and Ming-Na Wen that had to say, like, just wait till the end of the season because people were being assholes. That sucked that mm-hmm. people did that. However, now that we are here, let's actually address that question. In retrospect, looking back at the season, how do you think the season worked as a whole? We already talked about a little bit about the directing or the writing, but just more big picture. Look at the Book of Boba Fett. What is your report on how it worked now that you know the whole story? Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. I think uh, I think the purpose is that kind of what you're asking. What was the purpose of the season? Is that going? Yeah, what's purpose of the season? And if you're looking yeah. at it, grading the execution of like this is what they wanted to do, and this is how it ended up. Okay, I think I think they I think two things they wanted to do this season that they essentially did fairly well. All right, one they wanted to show how the hell Boba Fett was still alive after Return of the Jedi. All right, and I do think. It. I think they, I think they stamped that real well, right? Like he survived mm-hmm. the Sarlacc pit. He lived with the Tuscans. That was badass. All right, super God, pleased with the execution and that storyline of having him. You know, so in in Legends, I don't know if you guys even know this. In Legends, he was rescued by uh, Dengar. Dengar in this name, Dengar. yeah, Dengar. Yep. He was rescued Dengar. by Dengar and um, a slave dancer from uh, Jabba's palace, right? Who escaped before the sail barge blew up. Um, Dengar apparently has a heart of gold, right? And he kind of took this girl under his wing and they found Boba Fett in the desert. That's what happened in the legend storyline, right? Yep. I think that taking him to the Tuscans and he lived with them for five years, that's been confirmed outside of the story, which was not very clear in the show, but he lived with the Tuscans for five years. That is way better of a story than having him be found just by some rando, you know, bounty hunter or like... Yep. I love, love that, that story. I love, love that, that idea. Right. If that was the purpose of the show, then we could have been done after like four episodes, right? I loved yeah. it. I loved it. I think the second part of the the second thing that they were trying to do with the season is they wanted to move forward the Mandalorian Grogu story in a meaningful way so that they don't have to spend a lot of time on like like it would be I I, I can understand where they're coming from. It would have been weird if we went to uh we went to season three and like the first episode, Mandalorian gets Grogu back. That'd be weird as hell. Like, like he just, we had this huge finale at the end of season two. Like, if you were binging it, like, after season three is done, and you watch yep. season two finale, then you start season one, and, or season three, and then suddenly Grogu is there. Like, that would be super weird, right? Now, yeah. I think, if they open the third season with Grogu being there, it won't be as big of a shocker. 
like it, it, I think it'll, I think mm-hmm. it'll feel. Don't skip the recap, folks. Don't yeah, press skip yeah. recap. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I I do have concerns that we're gonna start the first se- the third season. I don't know why I keep saying first. We're gonna start the first episode of the third season there of Mandalorian with Grogu in Din's arms, and a whole hell of a lot of fans who skip Boba, Boba Fett are gonna be like, "Whoa, what the hell? We just got rid of him!" Like, I'm afraid that's gonna happen. It's gonna cause some discourse online if it happens that way. Um, and I think that was the purpose. Did they move that story forward in a meaningful way? Yes. I think the I think we got the Luke stuff was awesome. I think we got Mandalorian and and like now he's been cast out by the by the other Mandalorians now. I think that's really cool. That was all executed really, really well. But I will echo again what Charles had to say previously is that like we thought it was a huge risk and a huge cool thing to like shelf Grogu to like tell other Din stories and it they've made that abundantly clear that's not gonna happen. And we ain't um, interested in that. Yeah. Manage your to, expectations, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that. I mean, we praise we praise Disney for sending Grogu away at the end of Mando season two, and now it feels yeah, like yeah. oh, JK, it's risky. Yeah. It's yeah. A, that's a risky move, and yeah. usually, like it pays off. It doesn't pay off in the short term. I don't think Disney wants to wants to to try like test those yeah. waters. Yeah. They know that that Baby Yoda, that Grogu. Makes the money, brings people back to watch it. That's so they had to find to a way. Yeah. This is a yeah, lone, it is a lone not- wolf and cub story, and I think we knew that for the first few seasons. But I think that we just under undervalued the idea that no, the entire life is lone wolf and cub. This is yeah. this yeah. is what yeah. it's about. Monetarily aside, if that's the story that Fabra <clears throat> had from day one, I guess we all we all that's got fine. we yes. all thought that it was going to be more giant Mandalore, and I agree. Like that, I, I wish that would have been it. But it, yeah, it that's actually that's actually three. an interesting question. Why did we think that? By the way, why did we think that this show is not about Grogu? Because I think I honestly I think the merchandising made made us a little sick of the character. That's is that's that mine. Really I I like him when I see him, but I think that it got pushed so hard that because mm. of my you know we all have a little bit of the contrarian brain or whatever is like, dude, we get it. Stop. And then that yeah. and and how and how honestly well the last episode of season two of Mando was shot. It was shot with such gravity and such importance that was like, oh my goodness. Well, they are, I, we believed what they were telling us. We believed Grogu was being let go because of the emotional sacrifice and how yeah. skillful Pedro Pascal played that moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's fair. And he wasn't, he wasn't gone long enough for us to miss him. That's what makes yeah. it, these things important. We have to basically have enough action sequence, other characters more storylines yeah. to fill our brain for us to forget about Grogu for that little bit. That's what I'm gonna bring us back around to wrestling. They do yes. a really good job really. about that. They kill they <laughs> people get hurt and they have back problems and that takes them. They're like, oh, he's retired. He can't come back. So he's out for a year and a half or she and they come back. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this person's back. Yeah, it, yeah. like they needed to do that. They they did. I don't know if they looked long term for this. I mean, I'm sure they did. I'm not Disney, but if you had strung this out for a year and a half, maybe maybe two seasons, and you see this character come back up in season five, season six, oh my god, you'll lose your mind. Yeah, just blow. But can you fill in? Can you make the money in those other two seasons yeah, to keep people yeah. like grasped on this show? And I don't know that they yeah. could do we that. We will keep I, watching I will the say... Mandalorian. We will keep watching the Mandalore show. We want to see Bo-Katan. We want to yeah. see the Dark Saber mm-hmm. lore. But how many Disney Plus subscribers are wanting to see the the cute little green dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, and I, I get that. I get that yeah. to some degree. But you know, I, I hope that 
you know, managing our expectations here, I do hope that it is a it is a wish of mine that we that Grogu does not define Star Wars live action TV. That is a concern yeah. of mine. If he yeah. shows up and is, a, and is and is the main focus of the Kenobi show, I will be very, very disappointed. Very chill, very disappointed. I put this camera right on Charles. Listen, Look at his face. <laughs> blasphemy. Um I I know that's what I'm that's what I'm they're, saying. But like if they're they not do, that, do that, like then. that will be bad. No, no they're they're not gonna do that. But but um I think I think it, there's a few points that I want to make about this. I I am fine with Grogu. Like I'm fine with him being part of the story. I still have questions though about how much of this story can we really tell within the Mandalorian? Because Homeboy's still a baby that's taking naps and you know eating frogs, and it's like he's not going to mature. His species is not going to mature to that appreciable of an extent. Like he learned how to jump after essentially three seasons. Of being on screen, yeah. right? So I'm, I'm for real. So, but so apparently, where, apparently he's able. Apparently he's able to make like choices about morality and yeah. like his future. Or real though, the lightsaber, like, I guess. Like, well, yeah, I mean, but but I, I, just, I guess I'm, what I'm saying, confused by how much what the, can, what, can what the we hell do? They want to do like what? What do they want to do? Do they want him just to be a cute baby? Everyone wants to protect, or they want to make him be trained as a Jedi? I you can't have both, man. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't. Well, can I can I answer uh, your question too that spurred all of this to begin with, yeah. um, Eric? Yeah. Which, which off, was off of the Grogu chat for a second. Yeah. yeah. How did the season work in retrospect? And I actually do think that it was successful. I, I think this this was an experiment of a spinoff like show. Finish. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, it was a spinoff of a show that had a very huge following that the majority of Star Wars fandom has really embraced in, in The Mandalorian. I think this was a success. I think it was not always executed well. I think there are, you know, again, some some plot problems that I brought up. There are definitely some technical problems. But overall... It, it was a success. It told the story of Boba Fett. And I think it was inevitable that we saw a heavier amount of criticism for this show than we have for Mandalorian. Because if you're bringing a, a show to the table or a story to the table about characters that we've known, you know, since the original trilogy, there is going to be years and years and years of expectations, building things up in your head, et cetera, et cetera. That's not there for a brand new story like The Mandalorian. Like we take that story as it comes and we accept it because we know nothing else. But that is why I'm not surprised. I don't think that this show was, I don't think it was like hated or anything by the community. I think, you know, overall though, people were more critical of it for that reason. So it was always in a way set up for a little bit of failure. I don't think it was a a failure though. I do think it was a success overall. An OT, an, an OT yeah. character. Anytime you bring in an OT character, like I yep. think specifically, you're that's that's a big friggin' risk to take, and it's a good way to put it. Kind of set up for failure. I wouldn't call the I wouldn't call the show a failure. No, 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 like no. I know I know I was pretty negative in kind of my spiel about it. I think the two things that they did that I said they wanted to accomplish, I think they did accomplish really well, which was you know saving Boba Fett and telling his story, and then moving forward the Grogu Mando story. I love those two pieces, and I think they did that really, really well. I think the show was a success. I would call it a success. We saw sure. Boba Fett yeah. riding a Rancor. That, that's a oh, success. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I absolutely. Will, I'll do something bold here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take this back to Star Wars books because okay. here's how I view this season, <laughs> is that more than anything, I think this season proved the importance of artistic execution and who's behind the camera. And I think it's the same thing that who's behind a book because there are certain books 
that are about characters we love, like Leia, right? OT character you brought up, Corey. And if you're reading something like Bloodlines, or Bloodline, and it's Claudia Gray nails it, even though it's a familiar character, it's going to be a great time. I'm going to enjoy that wholeheartedly. Alternately, if it's a character I know nothing about, like freaking like Dark Disciple, if it's an Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss thing, it's executed well, so I love it, versus books like, you know, like Lord of the, Lord of the Sith or Throne Alliances that have familiar characters, but th- if the execution isn't as good, I'm not going to have as good a time. Mm-hmm. All to say, I think this season, one of the things that, we, that I wondered was, will the episodes that I didn't like quite as much retroactively be made better by the ending of the show? And for me... Like, the Streets of Mos Espo, we were the most uh, disappointed with. The finale, the pilot we weren't in love with. And this finale wasn't my favorite. All those aren't necessarily made better by the story as a whole. I see the story as a whole. And I agree with everything you guys have said about it being successful for what it wanted to do. Um, as far as the larger narrative and with answering those Boba Fett questions, Corey. But my issues with those were never be- really about the larger story. It was about the execution of the person behind the camera and how you make the thing work. If your acting is good your action is good and your pacing is good and the shots are interesting, I'm going to have a good time watching your TV show. I hope that the larger narrative makes sense, but I want to watch good TV. I want to read a good book. So going forward, I think the lessons, regardless of what the bigger picture is with Grogu, with Boba, with Mando, I hope the lesson is just, if you have a good person making your product, it'll be a good time. And I think that is overly simplistic. But also, I think this, more than the last two seasons of Mando, more than Bad Batch, more than Clone Wars and Rebels, shows that to me. Mm-hmm. So that's where yeah. I am going forward, which is why <laughs> I think that Obi-Wan is going to be incredible because Deborah Chow has proven her mastery. Yeah. Hugh McGregor has proven his mastery. Like, we got good people. We got good product. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. like, I, I think we just have to be – we have to remember that – I am just happy to get more Star Wars live action TV. You know what I mean? Every day. Like, yeah. you know, Every day. I mean, let, let's be clear. <laughs> we're not trying to we're not trying to minimize any criticism that folks have no, by saying, no, no, "Oh, no. just shut up and be thankful you got Star Wars TV." That's no. not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying no. that, like, I'm saying that I personally am excited to have something even to criticize. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, if, yeah. if we are going to have negative things yeah. to say about it, I'm just super excited that we're getting these stories told and that we got friggin' Boba Fett of all characters. How spoiled are we, you know? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, and, it's insane. And, yeah. and, and how about the fact that we just... How many hours did we get together on weekends that we otherwise wouldn't have had just talking about yeah, these things? Nuts. Whether we were criticizing, whether we were praising, I mean, I'm just super thankful to yeah. have had yeah. this time with y'all. And I, well, and I do think there yeah, was a man. whole lot to love about the season too. Oh yeah, like in yeah. general, like I think there let's was a go ton there. Of stuff to love. Some of your favorite moments. Let's just let's just rattle some off as we're kind of wrapping up this season of Bounty Hunt. What were some of our favorite moments? <laughs> the, the yeah, Wes, Wes. What is that? <laughs> what is that? Wes, tell uh, our audio listeners. Okay, so we're looking at uh, first right before this happened. Um, Din had get, been hit by quite a few blaster shots, and and they hit all of his armor. They never got in between his armor, so that was amazing. <laughs> That's helpful. Um, but plot armor. <laughs> uh, so Boba put sacrificed himself to get in front of him and used his knee rockets to shoot at the pikes that were that were uh, bearing down on them. So I had I was wondering if these were gonna show up. And all his little gadgets. I'm not sure I remember that he had knee rockets, but damn, they were in this one. Dude, yeah. both the knee rocket <laughs> ones. Then the one where he like hit that pose where he was like, bam! Yeah. Where he like hit, literally, yeah, it was like a dancer up. pose where he had to hit the angle with the knee and it was like, pow! It's, a, it's, like, it's like the crane from Karate Kid is like the move that oh, he yeah. does. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. Everybody was been has been begging for Boba Fett to use all of his cool toys, and man, were we rewarded this man, episode? Flamethrower. Yeah. yeah. So that was yeah, that, that was, was awesome. great. Where's some like uh, stuff the tu- really the Tuscan warrior? Uh, that character yeah. in particular yeah. was mm-hmm. so cool. I really. I don't know why I thought this. I was just blanking in the moment. But when he left, when Boba Fett left and was like, I'm going to go get more help, I 100% for some reason thought Tusken Warrior was coming back with like a new group of Tuskens. And then it was the Rancor and I was like, oh yeah, duh, the Rancor. Oh, right, that. (laughs) um, Yeah, that thing. But um, all the Tusken stuff, him him making uh, his gaffy stick, that was absolutely incredible. Uh, And then overall, Cobb Vanth, and Cad Bane, every moment either character was on the screen, I was like literal edge of my seat. I loved all of that. Yeah, I'll totally back up that. I'll I'll expand the... All the Tuscan stuff to say, all the cultural development that we got about the Tuscans was yes. phenomenal. Yes. Absolutely yes. phenomenal. That was, if I had to pick any highlight of the season for me, I think that, like, all that Tuscan stuff was so good, man. Yeah. Like, you yeah. cannot look Which at is so Tuscan funny Raiders the first, same. No, nope. oh, no, you nope. can't. And that, that first, epi- did a really that good first job episode, I was pretty critical of that, too, right? You remember yeah. that? I was, I was like, yeah, man, it yeah. feels like the Tuscans are kind of goofy. But then we got all that other stuff, and I was like, man. I was all about yep. the Tuscan stuff early on. They spent so much time on it. We thought that was going to be the show. We thought yeah. they were going to be. It was, was going to be show. like a Tuscan-centered show. Uh-huh. Um, and then we were talking about it. We're like, we didn't see the, we didn't see the 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 Tuscan that had taught him how to fight. Right. So that person yeah. is definitely coming back. And I was like, wow, they really pushed like that. They were destroyed. Every one of them. Even like so. But I mean, we still didn't see. That Tuscan is it still there? Same, yeah. same with uh, the same with um, Cad Bane. His little his little chest blinker was still going whenever the camera cut off. So <laughs> it's an ICD that's about to kick. Stab you in the chest. <laughs> yeah, I think I I absolutely agree with those moments. Another one that I like, I, I'm gonna hit not the not the Mando stuff as much yet, uh, but stable staying with Boba stuff. Like all all the stuff with the Tuscans, obviously fantastic. I really love. Um, Madam Garza's sanctuary. I thought that set was really cool. I thought the mm-hmm. whole vibe of that was was seeing a cantina that was like exciting and was like filled with stuff. And Garza, I thought was just a great character. I I am I'm very bummed that we did lose her, but I thought she the way she just kind of owned that thing showed a Twi'lek in power that was also like super hot and was like also very mature. And hey, all these moments of like I'm very powerful and awesome. I thought that was really cool to see. Um, just as a set piece. Of course, Max Rebo loved that he had another gig. You know, we love <laughs> our guy. I hope he survived. Please tell me he survived. I really, really hope he yeah, survived. I, Max yeah, Max has to survive. Um, uh, and then, of course, guys, I mean, N1 Starfighter. We yeah. got into oh, Starfighter. Yeah. Yeah. All the Mando stuff. Uh, in the, in yeah, the Podracer track. Stuff, yeah. I mean, that moment. I think, and then, honestly, I, and this is, this is again highlighting the thing that we were talking, I was talking about earlier, Eric, is that like when you conclude, I think Jacob called it the uh, Game of Thrones effect in the chat earlier. Yeah, right. When you yes. conclude <laughs> with a, you know, a, you know, call it a negative experience, when you conclude with a negative experience, it unfortunately colors the rest of the experience, right? And like, mm-hmm. I wish that we could have ended the season like one episode back. <laughs> Yeah, like like if you, if they would have put this scene like before we got all the Mando stuff and the last two episodes were not even about Boba Fett, I think we would be like, holy smokes, this was an incredible season. But you know, here we are. I think there was yeah. definitely more to like than there was to dislike. Yeah, sure. I mean, we got all the great stuff with Boba Fennec Shan in that in that fire spray sequence when she 
took out all those guys in uh in the hangar when they did the infiltration was super fun. Yeah, Luke Skywalker really cool. talked to us. She Ahsoka hung that dude. about Anakin Skywalker. Yep. I mean, yeah. dude, we yep. didn't even talk about her him. killing. We didn't talk about her killing those guys at the end. That was oh my bad. god, she, she hung Mox. Yeah, the mayor. She hung Mox. Yeah, you see his. Yeah, see his big thick feet just literally dangling. Hung him. I kind of feel like it'd be impossible to to strangle an Athorian because like their heads just like curved. He could just be like shoop. <laughs> but well, the two ropes <laughs> go in their mouth next. And oh, maybe gotta, that's you what know. it is. Uh, yeah, no, Fennec, yeah, yeah, I did read. Fennec was a plus. I did learn that they had. <laughs> I did learn that the Athorians have two stomachs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all last of us we love a lot of lessons we talked about they go forward. Um, Charles. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon, after the book of Boba Fett, Star Wars tweeted again. Odd. Not a lot of tweets from the Star Wars account, but they tweeted out a poster. What What did they tell us on Wednesday afternoon? I want to give you the <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. So, they tweeted out a poster for a little show coming later, later on this year. We now have the specific date. That show is none other than Kenobi, right? And it's coming out May 25th. And they released this yeah. teaser poster, um, and it is my boy, Ewan McGregor, <laughs> walking uh-huh. through the sands of Tatooine. Beautiful shot. And uh, and he's holding a lightsaber, y'all. He is holding a lightsaber. It looks to be Anakin's. Uh, yep, based on the emitter, it looks like Anakin's. Yep. And I mean, just, just it's beautiful. Um, I, <laughs> I will tell you right now, I am not managing my expectations at all. <laughs> and I yeah. I really I truly honestly this is if if Disney whoever if Kathleen Kennedy came to me and was like, "Hey, what do you want us to do? What's one thing you want us to do?" I would have chosen this. And so yeah. just seeing you in, again on screen and and playing this character that's been my favorite since I was a literal child. I am going to come into Bounty Hunt because we're going to do Bounty Hunt for that show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come into every episode, even if it's like the story is bad. I think I'm just going to rave about it. I really do. I'm I'm trying to reel it in, but <laughs> I can't. Why? No, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I, I, I will say I will say that this is probably like because I mean let's I think the vast majority of Star Wars fans that are really diving in head headlong into all the TV stuff are are prequel kids. I think that is the I think that is probably if you were to put all the different ages of Star Wars fans onto a pie chart, like I think the majority would be prequel kids. I, I think honestly, yeah. Like I think I think the OT fans. Now have, I think so. Yeah, I think there's a lot of OT fans. I think, unfortunately, we lost a lot of OT fans when prequels came out. I think we lost even more of that generation with the with the sequels, right? I think the vast yep. majority of the pie chart – you know, I'm making this shit up. Maybe I'm wrong. But maybe I think the vast majority of probably <laughs> prequel be. kids, yeah. which makes this show the riskiest, highest stakes thing they could possibly produce. I literally yeah. cannot think of a single other story that they could tell – that's as important as this. And uh, like, I'm kind of with you, Charles. I don't know how we can manage our expectation with this. Like, please, no. God, let it not be bad. Please let yeah. it be flawless. Holy shit. If they, if they don't make it, if they don't make every single episode, like really, really planned and thought out and, and don't just rush into it. Cause it's you yeah. cause you got you in back. Like if they don't, if they don't treat, if they don't treat Hayden Christensen well again, 
yeah. I'm going to be really, really disappointed and upset. And like, I, I you shouldn't say those things. Like going into this no. everything, you shouldn't be like, if this doesn't happen, then I'm going to be upset. Yeah. But I don't know if it's possible for me to feel any other way about such an important character. Ewan doesn't need the money, which I think is key. No. Yeah, I think that Ewan McGregor went through the prequels. Hayden Christensen went through the prequels, right? They, yeah. they, mm-hmm. it was the mental toll that it took on them. I, I have to feel the pitch from Favreau and Chow for this show had to be so rock solid that they're like, hey, listen, this is going to be good. You will not have to go through that again. It will. And I think that that alone makes me excited. If they they convince Hayden to come back, like it must have been a hell of a pitch for sure. Yeah. And I think like looking at Deborah Chow's resume as well, she obviously did two episodes of The Mandalorian that we all what, do, we loved. Do you know about. which one? She, which one she did? Can you? She did the uh, one chapter with three. The, the Mando's jetpacking out to wasn't it that one? Yep. It was the one where uh, the sin where he brought Grogu back and realized that they wanted to clone him, so he fought his way out of that building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So it was that one, and then it was the one, uh, the second to last episode of season one where Moff Gideon came in the first time. So it was like two of those giant. Um, like big action yeah, okay. sequence really, things. Really She's okay. also though directed an episode of Better Call Saul, American Gods, Mr. Robot, Jessica Jones, like some really cool psychological intense shows. So I am, I'm so excited. And as the chat said, this comes out the day before celebration. So I will already be in California. Um, cause I'm going to Disneyland oh, that smokes. day. So I'll get up early. <laughs> um, so we can easily watch this trailer together in person. <laughs> we can watch the episode together in person. Holy smokes! Oh, yeah. that's oh yeah, that's the oh crap. That's what you're saying. The episode. Holy shit! That comes out <laughs> right before celebration. The day before celebration. So Ooh, maybe that's nuts. who knows what they'll release that that weekend. Um, again, we all assume it's still oh, happening. We haven't gotten point. as much confirmation as I want, but given the numbers and Novacron and stuff, I, I I feel like we're in a good place to go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I saw some rumors yeah. this week that California is is lifting some of their um, mandate stuff about yeah. in person events and stuff. So I think, yeah, I, I might think buy t- I, I might buy plane tickets in the next. That's couple, where I'm at too. Week. I'm waiting on that. Yeah. I got some flight credit, but we could watch this together. Bounty hunt. If that happens, we will try to obviously put something together. We'll be doing content all through celebration for us that are there. Um, I can't wait for it. I'm hoping for a teaser trailer later today during the Super Bowl. Who knows? <laughs> It'd be cool. I don't think it's uh, happening. Tra- me neither. Probably not. Manage expectations, <laughs> but that's next. Everyone, Bounty Hunt is gonna fu- is gonna cover whatever show happens. I don't mm-hmm. think we get another show before Obi Wan. That isn't three months though. They could drop freaking Bad Batch was Bad Batch. Spring. We don't have any confirmation. They said spring, didn't they? Well, and in, in, in Star Wars Insider, they did, but that would be literally between now and Obi Wan. So yeah. they gotta just say, hey, it's next week at some point. So we'll cover it if they do. Um, yeah. But that could be. Oh it. man, we have to watch more Star Wars. Oh yeah. Oh man, jeez. Uh. Oh yeah, this shot. <laughs> there he <laughs> is. He trained him. Wes just Wes just showed us the uh, the, the knee rocket. The knee That's rocket. Oh man. Oh yeah. man. Well, fellas, as we as we kind of wind down here, and I'm about to start day drinking and watching my pregame coverage. Uh, any final thoughts about the first live action Star Wars spinoff? the book of boba fett i think uh i think it was risk i think they pulled some things off i think they probably learned a lot i hope they did i hope they learned a lot Mm -hmm. of how to do a how to do a live action spinoff well um you know the next one we're getting is you know the ahsoka show i guess is probably going to be one of the next spinoffs is that right Mm -hmm. actually we don't know the order of the shows they're going to release do we i think as of right now we assume bad batch is some point this year but live action next is obi-wan 
Mando season three <laughs> is rumored for like the Book of Boba Fett slash like late Andor. December-ish. Andor is the next live action. Oh no, show, Andor! Right? You're right. Oh my. Yeah, that's. Oh my that's, god. This, is that this year? Right? Andor is this, this year. year. Supposedly that's this year. This year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's right. December thirtieth. <laughs> December thirtieth. So Mandalorian next, and Andor Mandalorian same 3. day. <laughs> the next two, the next two shows we're getting are not spinoff shows; they're original shows. Yeah. I guess Andor is kind of a spinoff show, but it's a spinoff of a one, film, but... which is a little different. But oh my I don't god, know. A spinoff of a TV show! First time they've done this, you know. Uh, the next spinoff, I guess, would be either the Ahsoka show, which is again only kind of a spinoff, uh, and then the uh, the the Rangers of the New Republic, if that still happens, which is definitely a spinoff, right? So yes, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think I think that'll be the next real test. It'll probably be the Rangers of the New Republic, in my yeah. opinion. The most of, of us, yeah. yeah, the most. The sp- how how many levels of spinoff? The spinniest of all spinoffs. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It <laughs> They're was all spinoffs of a New Hope. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> it was from a certain point of view. I, I see how you yeah. can say that. It was definitely a risk. I'll echo that sentiment. I still think overall it was a success. I think that it was always to a degree going to be the most heavily criticized for the reasons that I said earlier. And um, I'm happy we had the experience overall. Um, I I think that you're right, Corey. There were lessons to learn from this show that I think we will only grow from and get better from. So here's to the next one. Love it. Um, so I think this was a good test for the creators and with CGI. So we can bring in characters that we've never seen in live action before and people will buy into it so much that they're telling their friends, hey, so-and-so showed up. I don't know who it is, but it was amazing how they brought this character that is a cartoon into live action. Cad Bane, for yeah, instance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the pikes, like the pikes we saw in in uh, in Clone Wars spinoff in uh, Bad Batch, and we saw um, we saw multiple characters. You can put it CGI. I mean, Luke. We got yeah. so much Luke that was amazing. And then just I'm I'm guaranteed like the the months from the next set of if there's a next book book of Boba Fett or the Mandalorian's already been done. There, I mean that. That computer technology keeps increasing. It's amazing. Every single month, something gets better and better and better. So we can get characters that we would n- never have thought to see before. Um, and in better, like better visual. I'm yeah. the when I step back and look at like people, the whole uh discourse about how what Cad Bane looks like, he looks needs to look more like the Clone Wars one. I think they were trying to push towards it looks more like the Duros from um from a new hope. New hope. Yeah, but anyways, exactly. So they just made it look better. Yeah. Um, I can't so, wait to yeah, high that's... five Luke Skywalker in meta in 2027 before the Mandalorian season eight. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah, <laughs> on our VR goggles. Yeah, and then like the scale that they allowed us to see on these shows. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, look how big this place is. And I was questioning the fact, like, why are the Pikes even here? Like, what is the point? And like, this is the point. There are yeah, so many people on Tatooine yep. that want drugs you know <laughs> so this is, this that's is what we learned this is their oh, user base man, you know a drug problem on tattooing <laughs> yeah you know I, I was thinking this a little earlier too about like i was like of all the places to keep doing all these shows i mean it if they don't continue to develop tattooing as a subculture it's a little bit risky to do all this stuff on tattooing because like the whole point of the planet is that it's a it's a shithole right yeah nothing <laughs> yeah. happens here Except- luke wanted to leave right you know well if luke would have joined the mafia maybe he would have had better time you know what i mean so- yeah <laughs> yeah i oh my gosh i 
the the future is so freaking bright and i think it, without shows like these that do take these kind of risks as you guys were saying we don't get to grow and see what works and see what doesn't and it's really cool that we do have this model that allows them to try things even if stuff that we personally don't mm-hmm. love as much they do get to learn without a risk of being canceled or without a risk of like not getting another season and they can kind of keep working in that factory which is fun I do try to manage my expectations going forward. Unfortunately, the chat has just destroyed that with Dale and Camilla saying, what if RoboCop Vanth is the star of the Rangers of the New Republic and is Mod Vanth? Which also, guys, if we literally if we literally traded Gina Carano for Timothy (laughs) Oliphant, that's like what a trade. That's like drafting Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky. That is like the greatest thing that could happen. And I mean, what a moment when they're like, hey, man. This uh, this actress got outed for being super problematic. Do you actually not want to die and just make a ton of money and star on your own Star Wars show since Justified <laughs> is over? Oh yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> oh my like, god! But we gotta Please. stop. We gotta so stop modding people god. without their consent, though. I gotta say, like, <laughs> like it, to be <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> listen, to listen, be Charles, to Bob be, is not able to make his own medical decisions right now. No, right? listen, like, we have to do what he have to do to save people, them. The Gamorreans people, have power of attorney, man. Listen, pe- the Gamorreans <laughs> are. They might not be dead. We didn't see them land. Uh, the oh, the man. thing is, he was shot once in the shoulder. We've seen people survive uh, much worse than that with just some Bacta. So I'm like, yo, he's already in the Bacta tank. Like, why are you getting out the tools? Nope. I, I, <laughs> I, I need Kim the Oliphant, and then I need Mr. Kim from Kim's Convenience. In the same show, Rangers. I mean, literally, it's called Rangers <laughs> of the New Republic. He's already a marshal. Well, like, it, it, like it is interesting team. because Let's do it. It, give him it, a cowboy hat, <laughs> and it does. Yes. Please do that. Cobb Vance hat. Take it off his body and put it on Cobb Vance. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Oh. The, um, <laughs> it does directly mirror this is my what hat now. It does directly mirror what they were doing with uh, with Cara Dune. I mean, she became a marshal and then was going to transition in that show. I mean, why not? Why not? I'm not managing my expectations, guys. <laughs> Are they ever going to do anything with her character, though? Out of curiosity, you think this, they're just going to no. leave it forever? Like, you don't think they'll yes. like imply that she's dead some way? I mean, no, I I don't think they want to deal with the fact that they killed her off screen because they don't want the backlash. It's just going to not be <clears throat> talked about. Hmm. It's like I'm that okay relative that. <laughs> they just stopped showing up to Christmas, and you're like, what happened? I don't know. Just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> busy oh, how man. about this stuffing all right oh my god so much good stuff coming our way y'all of course though uh if you liked bounty hunt we hope you're also enjoying the rest of the stuff we have here on the utini network every monday we do the living force podcast with all of us tomorrow we're finishing up our round table on the fallen star part one was i thought it was a really great conversation we got super emotional of course uh and then part two is tomorrow night and then every Wednesday evening, we have the Cosmic Force, which is our comic show. And every Thursday, we got Legends Lookbacks that tells you all about all the books, Legends, of which there are many. All those crews are awesome. And, of course, if you're part of our Patreon community, you get access to the Star Wars Archives. You get access to the Ghost Crew and a bunch of other behind-the-scenes content. And if you've made it thus far, we just want to say thank you earnestly for coming on this journey with us. As Charles said, we would not be getting together every weekend like this to talk about these shows without this show and without all of you that wanted to, to watch it. So, thank you. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the book of Boba Fett. We hope you'll enjoy the next show. We will be here. But, my friends, that'll do it for this week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Keep your eyes out for our next hunt, and we'll be diving into Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 1? Maybe. Gotta start saying that out loud. A special note. We here at Utini are in need of another video editor. So, if 
you are a talented person that has a little bit of experience editing videos. We're looking to turn some of our existing content into short form content. So if you want to join the team of passionate Star Wars fans and volunteers, and you want to contribute to our mission here at Utini, please shoot a brief note over to Corey at Utini.com. A special thank you goes out to OK Endar, Jeremy Kazina, Brian Dooley, JG Kars, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Matt Billington, Tyler Latour, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. Go ahead, tell us what you thought about this season of The Book of Boba Fett in our Discord community at utd.com slash discord, and follow the main show on Twitter at Living Force Pod and all of us individuals and for our thoughts of all things Star Wars. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Doc Star Wars MD, Charles is at C. Hankel, and Wes is at Boss Wes. Until next time, for the last time, like a panda. You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.